0: Pastor Bill Prater with us for Makaira, and uh, man, what a powerful, powerful message last night on dealing with anger and uh, just encouragement, and I appreciate his willingness to come. Our guys, uh, he's staying over tonight and be preaching tomorrow morning uh, for us here at Crossroads, and so we're excited about a whole weekend with Bill Prater and so it's exciting. Uh, brother Bill, come. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to minister to our guys at McHour. Let's thank him for his time this morning. Thanks, thank you, preacher. That song wrecks me every stinking time. Raised in a home with. Two alcoholic parents. Saved as a bus kid. Long haired, loud mouthed, obnoxious. Always acting out, always seeking attention, always seeking love. Church full of people that just loved me. Just loved me. Then they have the opportunity to pastor those same people. God's just been good to me. Well, we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. So uh, let's go right to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. I want to speak to you with the Lord's help on the subject of... Developing sustainable spiritual habits. The key word being sustainable. And in particular, I I want to address the areas of prayer and Bible reading. I spoke last night about the importance of those two things. And man, I, I cannot overstate this. That you will not get the victory over any sin in your life. Any sin, be it anger or otherwise, without these two things. It's just not going to happen. Now, I'm curious this morning, how many of you be honest and say, Brother Prater, I struggle with being consistent in these areas of my life. Listen. Listen if you do, believe me, you're not alone. And I say that for two reasons. Number one, I know that based on nearly 40 years of trying to help people in their walk with God. And number two, I know that from my own personal struggle at times. Now let me offer this disclaimer before we go any further. The the principles that I'm going to share with you come from a book written by a, a man named James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, and some of you may have read it. I'm sure many of you pastors and staff guys have probably read it. Uh, my pastor read it, uh, which encouraged me to read it. Um, he presented a lot of these things on a, a Sunday morning uh, to our church and. Uh, just, uh, I just believe that, that these things can be very, very helpful to us this morning in developing and sustaining uh, habits uh, in our life. And, and granted, he writes from a secular perspective, but the principles, uh, I think you will agree with me this morning, the principles that he presents on how to develop habits, sustainable habits in your life, certainly are applicable to the habits of Bible reading and prayer. So I want to try and answer two big questions this morning. The first one is is why, and the second one is how. So first, why do we struggle to develop the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer? The answer is because we start at the wrong place. We start at the what and not at the who. Now, let me explain that. I think we have a PowerPoint, do we? All right, it's up there. Um, Basically, there are are three levels at which change can occur. The first level is outcomes. Uh, This level is concerned with with changing your results, whether it be uh, losing weight, uh, getting out of debt, whatever. And most of the goals that we set are associated with this level of change. The second level is process. This level is concerned with changing your habits and and your systems, whether it is implementing a new routine at the gym or perhaps writing out a a monthly budget. And the third and, and deepest level is the identity level. This level is concerned with changing your beliefs about yourself and others. In other words, you're not just wanting to lose weight. You want to become a healthy person. You're not just wanting to get out of debt. You're wanting to become a financially stable person. Outcomes deal with what? Processes deal with the how. And identity deals with the who. When it comes to reaching goals, the problem is not that one level of change is better or worse than another. All levels of change are useful. The problem is the direction of change we typically take. Most of the time, we'll work from outcomes to process to identity. But I want to present to you this morning that The most effective way of developing good habits in your life, uh, particularly praying and reading your Bible, is you begin with identity, go to process, and then you work on the outcome. And and I'll explain all that in a minute. Um, The alternative, uh, again, uh, many people begin the process of reaching their goals by focusing on the what they want to achieve which leads to outcome-based goals, lose 20 pounds, save $1,000, whatever. The alternative and really the best way to set and reach goals, as I said, is to start with the who, the identity level of change, which focuses on the kind of person you want to become. Now, stay with me. We're, we're, We're going somewhere. The reason why such a low percentage of people reach a goal is because most of them don't even consider identity change when they set out to improve. They just think, I want to lose 20 pounds, that's the outcome, and if I stick to this diet, that's the process, then I'll be skinny. They set goals and determine the actions that they should take to achieve those goals without considering the beliefs that drive their actions. When it it comes to Bible reading and prayer, most Christians don't start by addressing the who, they start, we start by addressing the what. So here's their thought process. I'm going to read my Bible through from cover to cover. They think I'm going to memorize one verse a week this year. They think I'm going to pray for 15 minutes a day this year. And all of those are great goals. But they're outcome-oriented goals. The problem is that true behavior change is identity change. So if we're going to start with identity change, then we don't start by asking ourselves, what do I need to do? We have to start by asking ourselves, who do I want to become? That's where the Apostle Paul started. He he started with the kind of man that he wanted to become, which was a man who really knew Christ. Look in verse 10, chapter 3. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see where Paul started? He started with the kind of man that he wanted to be. And then he developed the processes in which he could could. Uh, attained that, he started with the deep level conviction and it was identity oriented, he believed with all of his heart that, that he should become the kind of person who knew Christ deeply and it was that belief that drove his behavior so much so that he was willing to endure the sufferings of Christ if that meant knowing him more. So then if Bible reading and prayer are the things we really want to make happen in our life, then we have to ask ourselves this very deep personal question. Who is the type of person who reads their Bible and prays every day? And I think Paul answers that question for us. The kind of person who reads their Bible and prays every day and wins victory over sin is the kind of person who wants to know Christ deeply. That has to be our motivation. That's where we have to start. Do I want to be a man who knows Christ deeply? If you've struggled with your daily walk with God, then it could be because you've started with the outcome-oriented goals and you've never really dealt with the heart, who you are. Well, the preacher said, I need to do this, so I'm going to do this. That's the wrong motivation. The right motivation is this, I want to know him. Because the more I know Him, the more I can be like Him, and the more I am like Him, the more victorious I will live over the sin in my life. So ask yourself this morning, am I the kind of person who desires more than anything else to know Christ, to pursue Christ, to press toward Christ, no matter what it takes? Or am I just looking for a quick fix to some spiritual issue in my life? Start with the who before you attempt the what. And once you do, you can move on to the next question, which is this. How do I develop and maintain the habit of Bible reading and prayer? And that's really where we're at, is it not? Preacher, that's all great, and my preachers preach that, and other preachers have preached that, and I've heard that all my life, but how do I do it? Before I answer the question, let me make sure we're on the same page as to what I'm talking about. When I talk about a habit, it's simply this. A habit is behavior that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. You got that? It's behavior that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. For example, as a police officer, my interaction on a traffic stop is, is habitually the same. My name's Officer Prater. I'm with the Liberal Police Department. The reason I stopped you tonight is because you're driving without your headlights on. I need to see your driver's license and insurance, please. I have said that over and over and over and over thousands of times. It is now a habit. It's just what I do. It's just what I say. And we all have things that we have done so many times in our life. They're just automatic. Right? It's just, why'd you do that? I don't know. I I just do it. It's It's just what I do. In order to see Bible reading and prayer. ...become automatic in your life, you're going to have to create a process or a system to build those habits. Because habits don't form themselves. It takes a high level of intentionality. And that's the answer to the question... How do I develop and maintain those habits? You do it by creating a process. Now, I'm a a hands-on, step-by-step kind of guy, so that's that's where we're going to go with this. Here is the process. Number one, so very important, keep it simple. Don't, guys, listen, if you'll get a hold of this this morning, it'll help you. Do not bite off more than you can chew. For example, don't start off with the goal of working out for an hour a day for five days a week when all you've lifted for the last year is a fork and a spoon. (laughs) You're just setting yourself up for failure when you do that. A better approach is to start small and build on a downscaled version of the habit that you want to achieve. It's great, it's wonderful that you want to read your Bible through from cover to cover in a year. But that's too big to start with, especially if you've never read your Bible successfully every day for a month. Come on. Try to downsize that commitment. Start out with something that you can do consistently for an extended period of time, even if it's just a few verses a day. Maybe instead of trying to pray for 30 minutes a day, you start with a maximum of five minutes. You see, by keeping your habit simple, you can focus all of your attention on staying consistent. And once you've mastered a small daily habit, add to that later on, even if it's a year down the road. Now, you may think, but but that's not very much compared to what other people are doing. Can something that small really make a difference? Listen, don't underestimate the power of a small daily habit over a long period of time. In his book, James Clear says this, and it is so good. Success is the product of daily habits, not once-in-a-lifetime transformations. It is so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. Too often, we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive action. Whether it's losing weight, building a business, writing a book, winning a championship, or achieving any other goal, we put pressure on ourselves to make some earth-shattering improvement that everyone will talk about. Meanwhile, developing a small daily habit isn't particularly notable Sometimes it isn't even noticeable, but it can be far more meaningful, especially in the long run. The difference a tiny improvement and daily habit can make over time is astounding. Guys, quit thinking that you have to accomplish some huge outcome-oriented goal like right now, today. Start smaller than you think you even need to start and then begin building on that. Even if it's just by 1% every year. So read a few verses for an extended period of time, a whole year if need be. If all you do for the next 365 days is read three verses a day, that's keeping it simple and that's keeping it small. Then you increase maybe to a chapter every day for the next 365 days. I mean, be honest. Tell me, which is better reading three chapters a day for six weeks and then stopping or reading three verses a day for 52 weeks? Is that fair enough? Which is better? I think the answer is obvious reading three verses a day for 52 weeks is far better than reading three chapters a day for six weeks and then not reading for the rest of the year. Right now, listen, right now you just need to do something every day. Every day. So start small, keep it simple, then grow very slowly through the years. The next step is to make it obvious. Make it obvious by pre-planning where and when these things are going to happen. So to do that, you need to ask yourself and answer two questions. Number one, when is the best time to read my Bible and pray? And number two, where is the best place to read my Bible and pray? And once you decide on a plan of when and where, take one more step which is this, add a cue. Say, Brother what do you mean? Well, you can do that a couple of different ways. For example, you can set an alarm on your phone. It goes off at every day at 630, and you know what that means. That's your cue. You go to your place at that time. Or, You can use a visual cue. You can set your Bible and prayer list out at the place where you've designated to read and pray. Are you with me? So you make it simple, then you make it obvious. Third, you have to establish accountability. Habits that are built to last are established in a community of people that have the same goals you have. Guys, look around this room. These are your guys. These are your guys. There are some men among you who have, who have mastered this, and they're in the Word, and they're praying, and they're walking with God every day. Maybe you choose one of them. Maybe you choose another man who's, who's having the same struggle. I like what James Clear said. He said, nothing sustains motivation more in building habits than belonging to a tribe. This is your tribe. Any CrossFitters here? You understand that concept. CrossFit, it works the same principle. You're in the box. You're with your tribe. You're with your people. Nobody's better than anybody else. Everybody's cheering everybody on. Everybody's encouraging one another, even the old guy. Come on, old man. You can do it. when can I put some weight on this bar but I'm telling you if if you've been to CrossFit you know that is a community that is a tribe those are your people and you've got that at church that's your tribe well I got news for Mr. Clear Paul was way ahead of the game Paul had this figured out 2,000 years ago. And here's what he said. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Paul had this tribe thing down way before Mr. Clear did. The word provoke has the picture of stoking or poking of fire. Now, let me just be real honest with you this morning. And, and I can be guilty of this as well. The reason that some people struggle in this area is because they don't get close enough to the people they go to church with to feel comfortable opening themselves up for this kind of accountability. Guys, we have got to break down those walls. We have got to quit letting the ladies develop all of the relationships and all of the accountability and guys we've got to swallow our pride and we've got to humble ourselves and we need to be honest with someone and say man that preacher I'll tell you what he just nailed my hide to the wall I need to get better in this area and if there's and 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 if if that man is anything worth his salt then he's going to say brother listen I get you I feel your pain let's do this together But instead, we're men. We don't do that. I'm telling you, we need to. We need to. We've got to somehow, preacher, we've got to break that barrier. And we have got to be vulnerable to one another. So here's what the process might look like if you put all three of these steps together. I will read five verses and we will pray for five minutes from 730 to 740 at my kitchen table. I'll add a cue by placing my Bible and prayer list on the table before I go to bed. And I will establish accountability by asking you fill in the name to text me every day at noon to ask me what I read and learned and will ask them the same. It's Not rocket science? Oh, come on, man. That is, that, is, that is way overkill. All right, fine. Let me ask you this. How's your, how's your program working? Share it. Let me know. Now, for, let me address two questions that undoubtedly will be asked. Number one, preacher, what if I miss? Well, let me help you out real quick. You will miss. If for no other reason, you will miss because life happens. Emergencies, sickness, travel, you will miss. Get it out of your head. You will miss. But here's what I'll say about missing. Don't miss twice in a row. It's not going to be the first miss that ruins you. It's the spiral of repeated misses that follow. Too often we fall into this all or nothing cycle with our habits. The problem is not slipping up, the problem is not missing, the problem is thinking that if you can't do something perfectly, then you shouldn't do it at all. No, 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 no. There's not a man in here, preacher or otherwise, who does this perfectly every day of his life. It's not going to happen. But I'm telling you, we don't have to be perfect at it. Listen, being imperfect is at least trying. And here's the second question What if I don't see your field results right away? If you've ever started out on it, going to the gym, I mean, you can't come home and look in the mirror and think, sorry, bro, it's still going to be this. Right, sorry. You're <laughs> here a while back, my wife asked me, did you go to the gym today? What? What do you mean I go to the gym today? Woman, doesn't it look like I went to the gym today? That's that anger thing. <laughs> Let me help you, you're not gonna see results right away. Let's say you're in a room You got an ice cube on the table. It's cold in that room. I mean, you can see your breath. It's so cold. It's 25 degrees. But then they begin to increase the temperature gradually to 26 degrees. Then to 27 degrees. And then to 28. That ice cube's still there. You're still seeing your breath. You're still freezing to death. They just keep increasing. 29. 30, 31 degrees, 32 degrees, and then it hits 33. And at that point, the ice begins to melt. With me? A degree shift, seemingly no different from the temperature increases before it, has unlocked a huge change. I've often likened it to this. Every day, growing up, every day, my mom made my brother and I take a one-a-day vitamin. Every day, religiously. We drank out of the same cup, but we took a one-a-day vitamin. Every day. You know what? Not one time did I take that vitamin and all of a sudden start feeling this tingling in my feet that worked its way up through my legs and into my chest. J- Shazam! Not one time. But you know what? I never missed school because I was sick. You know why? Because I am putting those vitamins in. And I'm not telling you that you're going to get this, this dynamic, life-changing um, truth from your Bible reading every day. I'm just being honest with you. But you know what you are going to do? You're going to be putting that vitamin away every day. And so when the devil does come, when that sickness does come, your body's ready. And it's going to fight it off. And so when that temptation to get angry comes, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I didn't get mad. Why? Because for the last six months you've been putting away. You've been putting away them vitamins a little bit at a time. You didn't, even, you didn't even know it was working until it did. Amen. Is this helping you this morning? It's so simple, guys. Reading your Bible and praying every day may or may not result in big, obvious, immediate life transformation. But that doesn't mean that you aren't making significant spiritual progress. Eventually, reading your Bible and praying will pay off as you begin to develop spiritual muscles. We call it faith. And if you stay at it long enough, then you will become the person you desire to be. A person who really knows God and is really close to God. And a person who is no longer controlled by things like anger and fear and lust. Imagine, I'll close with this, imagine a church where the majority of its men have developed these two daily habits. If just the men in this room would develop these two daily habits. Brother Heath, imagine how spiritually healthy That church would be. Brother Kurt imagine how spiritually deep. It would be. Guys imagine. How spiritually effective. Its influence would be. In its community. All because. We started taking baby steps. To becoming more like. Let, let's stop these huge monumental goals and let's just go home and say, I'm going I'm to read three verses a day, every day, and I'm going to pray for a couple of minutes every day. Yeah, but brother so-and-so, don't worry about that. You do you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. And I hope that we've been able to help somebody uh, this morning uh, with, uh, with these principles. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, our time together uh, will, will prove to, to make a difference in the future in the lives of these men. Bless Brother Skelly as he prepares to come and challenge us one more time from your word. God, help use him to help me, to challenge me, to change me, to convict me. And God, do the same for these other men. Would you please, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.